Hey, we're so glad you guys are here today. Next Gen Sunday, it's been incredible. We've had kids and students leading worship. We've had students helping in the lobby, greet people, hold doors, hold signs. Um, I love this because this just helps us to promote our value. We want more for the next generation. And as the youth pastor here, um, for the last couple of years, I have seen so much that this church truly values the next generation. And today is all about getting to know you, but it's also about you inspiring others, you inspiring people to not just serve on a dream team or not just be uh, more supportive of the next generation but truly be a better follower of Jesus. And I, I believe that the questions we're gonna ask you today are gonna truly inspire life change. So you guys ready? Yeah. We're gonna jump in, I'm gonna ask you some questions. You guys answer it. Give us real answers. We wanna hear from you and I want you to change lives today. You guys ready? Yeah. Let's go, all right, question one. This is, this is personal, like I, I wanna hear from you. Why is it important for you to have a relationship with Jesus? You know, for me, for starters, believing in Jesus gets you into heaven. That gets you eternal life. Like John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He sent him down to save us. Jesus died on the cross for us. And people just kind of toss that to the side. They say it. It's well known in church. John 3, 16 is a verse even maybe non-Christians know yeah. because it's everywhere in the world. But people don't truly take a minute and think that Jesus died for you. He suffered a terrible, painful death for you. That's how much he loves you. That's the foundation of my relationship is the love that Jesus has shown me through all of my trials, through all of my hard times. I just know that Jesus will never leave me. That's why it's so important because sometimes we don't feel loved. Sometimes we don't feel that. That's so good. And sometimes we, we celebrate what Jesus did on the cross on Easter weekend and we kind of don't think about it through the entire year. But the truth of it is, that is the whole foundation of who we are and what he did for us. And he gives us access to the Father in that way. That's so good. I feel like too, it's important to have a relationship because without Jesus, you're pretty much not gonna get anywhere. You know, through the trials and through the hard times, having Jesus by your side can get you anywhere you want to be and where Jesus wants you to be, because without that, it's just like this never-ending battle where you never get a chance to rest. What's that look like for you personally? For me, I have a lot of anxiety. I've been through self-doubt, you know, loneliness, and it felt like it wasn't gonna end, and it was just this battle that I felt like I was fighting on my own. But Jesus showed me that a relationship with him can bring the joy and peace that I needed in my life. Honestly, to like go and expand on that, like talking about how you have battles of your own and stuff, uh, I see Jesus as a friend, and I see uh, my relationship personally as a friendship, and that I can go and he'll be there with me no matter what. And in John 14, 6, it actually talks about how Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody goes to him, nobody goes to the Father except through him. So when it comes to having a relationship with him as long as you keep it real and you understand like, hey, he's there no matter what. I think that's the coolest thing. Nemo, what about you? What, did, what does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus? Well, to me, to have like a relationship with Jesus, it means like you're always there and you can always count on him for like no matter what. And like things you go through thick and thin, he'll always be there. And like me, I usually tend to keep things bottled up and in James 5, 16, it says, it is okay to not be okay. If you are not okay, 
you don't have to pretend that you are okay. You can say, I need help, I need help from God. And it's okay to ask for help. And some people like me, I don't like asking for help. I try to keep a straight, like a smile, and act like everything's okay. But don't keep it all bottled in because you can like just blow up one second and that he'll always be there no matter what. And yeah. That's so good. At Timber Creek, we say it's okay not to be okay but it's not okay to stay that way. And it really is that relationship with Jesus that helps to spark the life change of whether it's sin or depression or something that you're going through, it is okay not to be okay. Like God knows that we're not gonna be okay sometimes, but he's given us this relationship, this friendship um, for us to get out of that it's, it's not okay mentality and to become okay and understand that we have a friend and we have a relationship with someone who truly will uh, take care of us. Question number two uh, says this, what is a specific situation you know that God has helped you through that helped to strengthen your faith? Um, I would say for me, it would be about two years ago whenever my Uncle Brent passed away. And uh, he wasn't my real uncle, he was more of my dad's best friend, but he was always there for me, more like, more like a second father figure. Um, but after his death, I began to question God, and not so much if he was there or if he was real because I knew that he was there and I knew that he was real but more of why he would take my Uncle Brent away from me and through those questions um, it led me down this path to know God more and more personally and through that um, I learned to wait on God to answer my prayers just like we talked about this past Sunday waiting on God um, and that, that really hit home for me because that's it's a hard thing to learn. And now I know that God is someone that I can trust. And no matter what I go through, if it's good or if it's bad or if it's something out of the ordinary that I've never gone through before, I know that it's part of this big plan that God has for me and I can just trust that. So in 2016, I moved to Lufkin with my family and um, I had to leave my dad behind in Houston. And growing up with him, that was really hard for me. And it caused like a lot of confusion and hurt. So one day I got invited to Timber Creek and I felt like that was like a blessing from God or even like a message to know that like I'm gonna be okay. And so as I went to Timber Creek, I started meeting new people and getting involved and really just started, um, you know, getting deeper in my relationship with God. And that really grew my faith. And it kind of felt, filled that like lonely spot that was in my heart of like always feeling like I'm alone because my dad wasn't here. And so getting involved really helped grow my faith and also like healed me at the same time and really gave me like a purpose. What was it about getting involved or just being a part of, of a church, Timber Creek, that really helped to propel or strengthen your faith even more? I think really knowing that I'm impacting other people, like I serve in kid works on Sundays, so getting to impact those kids and fill them with life like I was filled is really inspiring and it keeps me motivated and just like gives me a purpose and just lets me know that, you know, if I can do it, then I can inspire these kids to do it, and so on. So good. So, good. Uh, so actually, a few months ago on February 7th, 
uh, one of my neighbors passed away, and this neighbor was like a grandpa to me. He helped me through everything. He helped me with my homework, fed me. We played games. We swam together. And I started thinking why God took such a good man away from this earth. But when I went to church, it seemed like he just brought people to me and let those people and told, let them tell me that everything will be okay. And uh, in Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that verse just like got me through it all. I love how you said that um, God used other people to speak to your situation, even if they didn't even realize that they were doing it. I kind of had an experience like that. Um, I grew up in this church. I have gone here since I was, I think, six years old. Um, my family has always been involved, always very involved in ministry, and um, we know a lot of people, and a lot of people know us. And uh, this church was a great place to grow and learn and, um, and meet God, but it was also having some expectations placed on me um, because this is what your sisters did, this is what your parents did, they were in ministry, um, and then that's what I was expected to be. It kind of bred some insecurity in me, and that's something we don't talk about a lot, um, having insecurity with your relationship with the Lord, but I felt like a little bit unworthy because I didn't pray enough or I didn't read my Bible enough or I didn't want to come to church enough because sometimes we just get a little tired. <laughs> um, but last year at youth camp, Pastor Cameron actually came up to me and I hadn't talked to him at all um, about anything I was feeling like this, um, but he came up and he just felt that the Lord spoke to him to speak to me, and he said that it wasn't, you don't have to be like your sisters, you don't have to do what they did, you don't have to do what your friends around you did, and um, his words to me combined with my, my time spent kind of wrestling with, with the Lord has made me realize that my relationship with the Lord doesn't have to look like everyone else's, and it won't, and it shouldn't, um, because that's what makes God so special, is that he, he cra perfectly crafts his relationship with us to like fulfill the needs that we have, the specific needs. Yeah, that's so good. Like, Jesus is a very personal God to us all. And, you know, I think of one of my favorite stories in the Bible is when Jacob, before he became Israel, like the nation of Israel, he wrestled with God in a very physical uh, moment that kind of represents something spiritual for us today. That it's okay to wrestle with your faith. It's okay for you to even struggle a little bit in your faith because you need to process it and allow it to become your own faith. Because if it's not, then you're living off of the faith of somebody else. So I love that those stories helped you guys to strengthen and even produce faith in your life. Uh, what makes it difficult to live for Jesus in today's culture? Today's culture is surrounded with all kinds of chaos and turmoil, all kinds of opinions and uh, politics, and it's, it's a messy world. So what makes it difficult to live for Jesus today? Well, I would say the society today, like the society is very cruel and harsh and attacking, like 
let's say you post the wrong thing or you spell something wrong or you put the wrong shoe on the wrong way or you don't do your hair, they'll attack you, especially at school. Like, kids are very mean and cruel. <laughs> and, um, like, especially with God, like, trying to spread the word of God, like, at school, you may go, hey, God called me to say this to you or, hey, can I pray over you or this verse, I feel like it fits you. They're like... That's, that's not you, you're not a pastor, you're not a preacher, you're, you're, just, you're just a girl, you're not a leader, you're a student. You're just a 15 year old girl, you shouldn't be doing that, and that's not your place. And yeah. Well I believe that God can use you, Nemo, I believe that God can use all of you, and I believe he's using you right now even to speak to people, but I truly believe God will use you and continue to use you, and you know what, they might not listen sometimes, but just continue to listen to the voice of God, because some point, someday, uh, it might be just the thing that unlocks faith in their life. Yeah, and to even build on that, the world has just drifted from Jesus. We have, Jesus is on the throne, Jesus should be on the throne, but he's not in today's world. We've put these social media stars and we've put politics, we've put our whole trust into the world. We've, we're searching for love and we're searching for security in the world and we can't find it in the world. We can only find it in Jesus and we can only find it in Jesus' love. And it's, it's hard, it's different. Following Jesus is different than following the next trend. But you know what? We can start a new trend. Our new trend is hashtag follow Jesus. Put it everywhere. Hashtag follow hashtag Jesus. Hashtag follow Jesus. I really agree, Savannah. You know, there's so much evil in this world today and things we don't even think about, you know, TV shows, music, and even pornography. Like, anyone can access that at any age. And so it's really hard, um, us as Christians, to, like, stay on that track of, you know, we have to be perfect, even though that's not really the thing, you know, because God knows our hearts, and he has a plan for us, and, you know, we're not perfect. We're gonna make mistakes because we're human, but, you know, because of those evil things, it's, it's harder for us. In the great words of the great person, Hannah Montana, everybody makes mistakes, everybody has those days. We're not perfect, like God isn't calling us to be perfect. We had a Jesus, a perfect Jesus, who died a perfect death for us, and we know that his perfect uh, sacrifice for us covers our sins, right? But the world does have an expectation sometimes of when Christians mess up, oh, we, we knew you were gonna mess up, right? Um, it, it's hard, it's hard to live for Jesus. What else, what, what makes it hard to live for Jesus in today's culture? I feel like too, kind of like what you was saying, us as Christians try to stay on track, but with that comes us getting impatient. You know, wondering when is God gonna do this in my life? When is the breakthrough gonna happen? And we get impatient as Christians and as people in general. And Isaiah 40, 31 says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. And I love that verse so much because if we just wait on the Lord to see the impact and plans that he wants in our life, we can get the wings he wants us to fly and soar with in his plan and have joy and peace, not only for ourselves, but to help bring to the world. That's so good. And what I love about that is God will always give you what you need to get out of any situation. Mm -hmm. um, it's just allowing him to help lead you through it. 
Cool, question four. So let's say you're in a conversation, which is what we do in today's world. A lot of conversations are digital and a lot of digital conversations get really messy, right? Um, so say it's a digital conversation or a physical conversation in your cafeteria or in your house, you're talking with somebody. How do you respond when somebody has a different view or belief than you? How do you respond to them? Well, for me, I'm, I do go to a public high school, so that's an experience, but <laughs> I am like a very proud Christian. I let people know. So there, there are a lot of people who come up to me questioning me about my faith, whether it be in like a polite, sweet way or Maybe it's not, that happens sometimes. Um, but I really just, I try to listen to what they're saying because if I was in that situation, I would want someone to listen to me. And I feel like whenever you listen and you try to relate to what they're telling you and what they're going through, they try to understand that you're human, even though we do believe in this perfect God and this perfect being that we don't think we're perfect. We still, we still fall away from Jesus. We still sin. We still make mistakes, like Hannah Montana says. But we believe in this God because he gives us something to trust in. He gives us a purpose to live, even though we might mess up and we might sin and we might fall away from Jesus. So I just try to just be kind to them and represent Jesus as much as I can to them. Yeah, and then a really good verse that I always go back to when I start to disagree with somebody, when I don't see eye to eye with them, it's Matthew 10, 14, and it says, and if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. We're not gonna see eye to eye with people all the time. People are gonna wanna come back and argue with us. They're gonna want to tell you that you're wrong and they're right. And our first instinct is obviously to argue back, but that's not what Jesus wants. He wants us to shake the dust off of our feet and just walk away. Hashtag follow Jesus, hashtag shake the dust. We're just building them up today. I think a cool thing about uh, this question personally is that a lot of my extended family are Mormon. So um, when it comes to sharing my belief with them, I more of just show them like the good things about the church and I show them how that it's not just a building, it's the people. Yeah. And so you can take them and you can do other things than just worship uh, and preach, but you can also play games together and then build connections. And that's really what the church is, is having connections with other people. Like we can actually have fun be loving Jesus, right? Yeah. Like loving Jesus is fun. Yeah. It's not all about rules, it's not all about regulations. And sometimes the world like puts us in a box and says, uh, you know, being a Christian is boring and all you have to do is follow rules. Well, actually, it's not at all, right? Well, anyone else? Uh, so if you're somebody like me, um, you're not, you don't want to be wrong ever. So you'll argue until you're correct. But that's not what you're supposed to do. What Pastor Jeremy says is you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Uh, that's to listen. So what I usually do is I listen to what they have to say and once they're finished talking about what they have to say, I'll tell them what I believe in. And I'll keep getting closer and closer to this person until I have a chance to invite them to church. If they don't come to church, then I'll let them move on and I'll go to the next person. But if they do come to church, they'll just keep going up a level, up a level, getting closer and closer to God. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. And one thing that I'll add to that is um, the way that I 
have been like kind of seeing God recently as I've been like having conversations with him and just thinking through different aspects of my personal faith. I think that God is like obviously so big and so great and powerful that that's, I'm never going to fully comprehend God's ability and God's power. Like that's just so beyond me that, um, but because of that, I believe that God can work in the lives of anybody. Um, no matter the beliefs, whether it be like the nuances of Christianity or be via a completely different belief, I believe that my God still works. And um, so I don't personally feel called to uh, address the, the right or wrong beliefs in people, call people out for being wrong. Um, but what I can do is share my personal experiences with the Lord and the hope and the life that I found. And hope, hopefully in sharing my experiences, um, I can bring a little bit of hope and life and love to the people around me. Yeah, yeah and I think that's the way to do it. One of my favorite verses in Romans chapter two uh, says, don't you know that it's kindness that is intended to lead towards repentance. Um, when Jesus was here, he was destroyed physically, verbally, like, it, everybody hated Jesus, right? And and they continued to um, just yell at him and scream at him on the streets in front of people, and he just responded with kindness. And he's the perfect example for us to follow. But like AD said, sometimes we just want to be right. Sometimes we just want to say things. But if we would just respond kindly and just use that fruit of the Spirit and just use kindness as a response to people's lives and people's opinions and people's views, I think they'd be a lot, uh, I think Christianity would be a lot more attractive in itself. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Cool, so this last question I want all of you to answer and the reason is, is we want more for the next generation here at Timber Creek and I think for past generations, for anyone older than you, you know, you guys are you know, teenagers here, anyone 20 and older, we don't necessarily know what all is going on in your life. We were all teenagers once too, but we also wanna be able to help support and help do um, the things that you need us to. So my question to you is, what do you need most from those that are older than you? <clears throat> um, money. Money, yes. Yeah, money, yeah. Money, 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 you heard money. it right there. Yes, amen. And Finn, how would they get you that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but on a real, well, yes, money, money, that too. But on a real note, just support. I would say just support because whenever we're young, I feel like there's a lot of things that we get told no to, which we should for a lot of things like drugs and underage drinking yes. and yeah. illegal actions. No. <laughs> yeah, please tell us no to that. Thank you for telling us no to that. But um, things involving our faith and growing our faith and n learning about Jesus, I don't think that us as young people should be told to slow down because we're too young or because we're not mature enough. Um, actually, 1 Timothy 4.12 says for us not to be discouraged because we're young, but to be an example to all believers. It doesn't matter their age. And be an example in the way that we live, the way that we love, the way that we um, like use our faith. And so I just, I like to live off that and just remember that I'm not too young to be an example to those older than me or younger than me. I'm not too immature to learn more about Jesus and chase Jesus. Yeah. I, and the enemy, the enemy 
will come after the young, just the same he will come after those older than us. And I think that should be a big motivator to younger people and older people that we need to be spiritually mature sooner. And that's just what I think. Yeah, I think we, we need support, but we also need guidance. Like anyone older than you, whether it's a year, whether it's 10 years, you've gone through different seasons than we have. Maybe you've gone through the exact same season or a season similar to the one I'm going through. And I need you to help me down the right path instead of the wrong path because without guidance, I'm probably gonna go down the wrong path and I'm probably gonna fall. And I need Jesus to pick me up, but it might be a little bit easier if I have some more guidance. I, I personally think that um, from the older generation, they should not be so judgmental towards our generation. Just because, especially middle schoolers, um, they have the world at their fingertips and they don't know what to do with it. And so they kind of cycle out of control and they self-implode. And that's why a lot of teens have depression and anxiety and overthinking is because they don't know how to deal with all that. And I think uh, if the older generation could just really help us out with that. I feel like too, when it comes to guidance and support, patience is what we need too. Because not only as people, but as teenagers, we're gonna fall, like we're gonna stumble in life with through the obstacles, through everything. And I feel like if we get impatient with each other, there's a lot of arguing and there's a lot of not communicating, especially with our older generation, like our parents, our leaders, you know, if we can be patient with each other because everyone's gonna move at our own pace, especially us as teenagers. Yeah, with what Gavin was saying, um, you know, we have the world at our fingertips and sometimes we don't have the motivation to do that. So, you know, older generations, I think motivation is a really important aspect of, you know, us taking charge of the world and just like, you know, even if it's a simple like, oh, you can do it, like you got this, or like praying for us or anything that will, you know, really lift our spirits. So like encouragement, you want them to encourage you, um, not just look down on you when there's mistakes or when there's opportunities for you to fail, encourage you to, to make better choices, encourage you to see you out of that, right? Cool. Uh, so what I believe is that we need guidance from them. Just like Finley and Savannah were saying, that we can start trying to go down a correct path, but we'll easily fall off that line. We need somebody to come back and get us and keep going on that same direction to get closer and closer to God. That's good. Yeah, kind of like what Sab and Trinity and Finley said. Like, we need that guidance. Like, we need that push. Like, it's like riding a bike. It's like you're going and you're going down the right path and then all of a sudden there's temptation and sin and all that other stuff and then you have your elders that are there like, no, come this way, let's get back on the right track and yeah. That's so good. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Um, but one thing that I think should be like the foundation of a good support system is just grace, giving grace to, um, to people that are younger than you because I know that every single person that was older than me at one point was once my age and had the same temptations and the trials and the tribulations that I have. So, um, so everybody is a little bit stupid and everybody does stupid things. Anybody? Yep. Yeah, a little bit, a little Sometimes. bit. <laughs> Everyone's gonna do stupid things. <laughs> 
And so the most important foundation of a support system is just having grace. Um, and then one other thing that I thought of when I was, when you all were talking was um, that people who are older, there's kind of a stereotype, which honestly is kind of true, that older Christians can sometimes um, shut down questions. Um, younger Christians don't know quite as much. And so having questions about what you've heard about God or what you've experienced um, can be shut down with a simple, it's what we've been told in church or it's what's in the Bible. But sometimes it still is confusing and it's really hard to build a foundation of faith when you're stuck in confusion. And so um, being allowed to ask questions because if the goal is relationship with the Lord, you have to have conversations to build relationship and you can't have a conversation without asking questions. You can't truly know somebody without asking them questions about themselves. So um, in order to truly have a firm foundation and a, and a good relationship with the Lord, you have to be able to ask questions. It's so good. What I'm not hearing any of you say is we don't want anything from previous generations. Like you want to partner with them. You want guidance and support and patience and grace. Um, you want them not to look down on you. You want them to encourage you. Um, listen, at this church, we do really want more for the next generation. And I hope that even from this day forward, we're going to even think twice, think more about supporting you and giving you grace and encouraging you and lifting you up and supporting you in the things uh, of faith. Because we know that the enemy is after you, just like Finn said, after you, just like he is after everybody. And we want to be able to give you the tools and give you the guidance um, that, that I know we can. And it's not just in ministries that we provide here. You know, Timber Creek has uh, lots of incredible ministries for the next gen, uh, next generation. But it's also important for those that are sitting in their chairs, the, the ones that meet you in the lobby, uh, to connect with you, to support you, to love you, um, and just pour into to you. We believe in you. I'm super proud of you today. I know that not only did you share from your heart, but I truly believe that you inspired people to change and you inspired people maybe that, that are lacking or, or struggling in their faith. Uh, I believe that maybe they're gonna make the, the decision to get off the fence and truly trust Jesus today. So super proud of you. Today has been a phenomenal day. It's not over yet. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna ask, Savannah, will you pray for the next generation? And just as we close out today, just pray that God would not only use the next generation because uh, you guys are up and coming. You're, you're, you're already here ministering to our kids, to our teenagers. You're, you're all serving on dream teams. God's already using you but that God would continue to build up and um, just strengthen the next generation and that more and more would come to faith. Thank you. If everybody would just bow their heads. Father, first we all come to you and we thank you for this moment. We thank you for today. And God, I'm believing that you spoke through each and every person in this room right now. And God, I pray that hearts were softened today, God. I pray that eyes were opened, minds were opened, God, and ears were opened the entire message. God, I just pray that you would begin to continue to build up the next generation. Father, that you would build up those kids in KidWorks, that you would build up the people sitting in the stadium right now. Father, I just pray that you would just send them out. Send them out to the workplace, God. Send them out to schools. Build up your teachers, Jesus. Even if it's somebody at Walmart, it can change somebody's day. A smile can change someone's day. God, I just pray for your strength. God, I pray for your motivation and your wisdom to pour out over the next generation. And God, I pray 
blessings over everyone. I just pray that everybody has the best week this coming week. And I just pray that your love and your peace and your comfort is over everybody. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.